Welcome to the fifth instalment of the Broken Bones Oddcast podcast. How many of us have friends who, for one reason or another, we no longer see? What would you do if you saw them on the street, in a bar, on the internet? Would you rush towards them and give them a warm embrace, or would you pull your cap down over your eyes and hurry on your way? I thought I knew what I'd do, until I didn't. Make your mind up after you hear the tale of the friends reunited. Francesca and Joe had met that September morning as they took their desks on the first day of secondary school. Within the hour, Joe's head had been fully turned by Francesca's upturned nose, long crystal tips hair, self-possession and the German army jacket that smelt of wet dog when it rained. She, carefree and self-assured, toyed with the boy. Her fancy lay elsewhere. Older, interesting, mobile men held her attention. He was the daytime interest. Their relationship was bumpy, semi-platonic and tempestuous. The bulwark they both needed was Jenny, the friend and confidant to both. She seemed happy to play this role and help soften their edges. The three of them continued as friends until the occasion of the last falling out. It was a silly argument that no one bothered to fix. Worn out, the three of them needed a break. Twenty-five years later, Francesca's friend noticed Joe on the reunited site. The internet was still quite new, and the reunited site hinted at the interconnected world to come. It was responsible for bringing long-lost friends into each other's orbit and class photos back to life. Thanks to the reunited site, desultory dances in school canteens could no longer be avoided by the serial refuseniks. Like it or not, friends were reunited. Unthinkable today, it also had people's telephone numbers on it. So it happened that on an unremarkable Tuesday in February, a remarkable thing happened. Francesca phoned Joe and a new, old relationship began. Around ten years had passed since that phone call. Francesca and Joe had rarely been apart. The magnetic poles that initially fascinated and repelled them flipped and a strong attraction drew them tightly together. More than just nostalgia, it had always been there. They were just too immature to see it. The world also moved on from the first dabblings in social media. The reunited site was now a forgotten corner of the internet. The lump and PCs and dial-up connections needed to access it were things of yore. Shiny screens and always-on internet, the new normal. A social media giant had arisen and gobbled up all before it. So ubiquitous had it become that it felt like all human life was here jostling for attention, alive in your pocket. Do you know who I miss? Jenny, said Francesca. Jenny, Christ yes. I wonder what she's doing now. I did see her about 20 years ago. We met up for a pint. She seemed distracted and actually got a bit annoyed with me. She said I talked too much. Well, shut up. Maybe I did. Anyway, I didn't hear from her again after that. See if you can find her. I wouldn't know where to start. Try with her name. 
The endless scroll of Jenny's produced by the search yielded nothing. It would have been easier if she'd had an unusual name, but Smith was going to be impossible. Friends of friends? None gave any results. The immediate thought faded and idle scrolling re-established its daily hold. It remained that way until one day, while looking at the app, Francesca thinks she sees something in the background of a family photo of someone she didn't really know. She pauses, dragging the timeline down toward her. The image has just left her screen. She retraces her virtual steps. Something in the app must have refreshed because the photo has gone. Back and forth she goes. No such photo seems to exist. What had caught her eye in the background of a blurred snap was the image of what looked very much like Jenny. Half hidden, slightly older, long hair tied elegantly from her face, but unmistakably Jenny. She restarts the app and renews her search. Nothing. The hand holding her phone falls into her lap and she lifts her head. The memory of Jenny came back, a female friend when she had none to speak of. Constant Jenny. She always seemed to pop up when needed. A car would appear on a Friday night and a door would fling open. A smiling face would shout, Get in! And off they would hair to Lord knows where. Joe had an entirely different memory of Jenny. To him, Jenny was a friend indeed. His juvenile yearning for the impossible Francesca had brought them a closeness. Joe and Jenny shared a nascent politics which railed against the prevailing heft. That and a love of break-time cigarettes up the field bound them in a temporal alliance. Decades later, the suggestion from Francesca they tried to find Jenny fell upon fertile ground. Warm memories of shared times would be great to revive, like the closing of a loop. They would sit and laugh about those days, sharing memories. Only the three of them had, over a pint. It would be warm and wonderful. Time passed. On a rainy day in June, Joe was looking through the infinite timeline that comprised his online life when he thought he'd noticed something in the background of a blurry snap from someone else's life. This time, though, he caught the image before it could disappear from the screen. Dragging the picture back to the centre of the screen, he stabs at it. Pinching the image, he enlarges the face in the background. Could that be her? His own recollection of Jenny was idealised and hazy, but he knew Francesca would know straight away. Squeezing the sides of his phone, it flashed and a thumbnail of the image shrank to the bottom left-hand side of his screen. Tapping it, he quickly cropped it and sent it to Francesca with the label, Jenny? Ten seconds later, the phone rang. Where did you see this? It's from someone I don't know. I mean, someone I do know but is a friend of a friend who's tagged into it, and she happens to be in the background. It is her, isn't it? Yes, it's her. Can't you look to see their friend, see if she's in there? I can't. Everything's private. I'll try messaging my friend to see if he can help. Do it now! I'm doing it. Get off the phone. Francesca has gone. A message is prepared and sent. Nothing. A week passes. Francesca is insisting Joe follows it up. Give them a chance, I've never even met them, counters Joe. Three days later, a notification arrives. 
Eagerly, Joe opens the message, reading it, his excitement short-lived. He messages Francesca. They can't help. The person who's tagged them into the photo has blocked them, left social media and disappeared. It's a dead end, I'm afraid. Francesca slumped slightly at the news. Can't we contact them somehow? How? They're a friend of a friend of a friend who's blocked them and left the internet. I wouldn't know where to start. Reluctantly, they let the idea drop. Months pass. Summer comes and goes. Jenny bubbles up in conversation, then returns to the hinterland of half-forgotten things. A Sunday morning in November, the sun leans into low-slung clouds. Francesca's phone wolf whistles. A message has arrived. Francesca isn't the sort to immediately respond to notifications. By contrast, Joe sees any red circles as an affront to the cleanliness of his home screen. For Joe, notifications are to be shot on sight. For Francesca, notifications are just part of the ecosystem, invisible, stumbled upon whilst doing something else. A week later, the message was noticed. An unknown number. She pauses and after a second she opens it. The message slides into view. Hi Francesca, Jay, kiss. Francesca stops. She's really not been expecting this. Jay, Jenny. Immediately she returns to the message stabbing at the screen and calls the number. After a few seconds a screeching tone and then a voice. The number you have called has not been recognised. Please try again. The number you have called has not been recognised. Please try again. The voice tails off as she lowers the phone from her ear. That's fucking weird. She tries again. Same result. While Francesca is contemplating her next move, a sudden ding startles her. Same number. New message. Francesca's thumb lingers over the red circle. Tentatively, she depresses the image and another message slides into view. Want to be friends? J. X. Just as Francesca lifts her thumb from the screen, a loud echoing ting arrives. This isn't a message. Jumping to her home screen, she scans the apps, and there, on her social app, is the source of the alert. She opens it, and waiting for her is a new friend request. Normally, this being from an old friend, she would have opened it, but the business with the messages and unknown numbers gave her cause to pause. This could be a scam. She puts her phone down, rests her hands on her knees and steadies herself. She needs to talk to Joe, but he is out. So rather than pick up her phone to call him, she sits and waits, staring at the glossy slab of technology in front of her. When she hears the key in the lock and Joe walks in, she calls for him from upstairs. Yes, one minute, my love, I just need a pee. A minute later, clomping footsteps round the corner and the black-draped figure of Joe arrives, cold still clinging to his coat. He drops to the bed and sits next to Francesca. What is it, my lovely? This, she replies, showing him the first message. Oh, wow, Jenny, great. Did you call her? Yes, of course I did, but listen. She calls the number again with the same result as before. Then this arrived. What, another message from the same number? That's a bit weird. Then I got this. She moves a thumb across the screen in a well-practiced arc 
and reveals the unopened friend request. Open it. Why haven't you opened it? It's from Jenny. It's what we've wanted. Open it. Francesca shoots Joe a look, a look of trepidation. Her thumb hovers over the link. Here, give it here. I'll do it. Joe goes to grab Francesca's phone. She holds it out of reach. No, I'll do it. Hesitating for a fraction of a second, she firmly places her thumb on top of the notification. Releasing it, Jenny's profile pops into view. Let's have a deco before you accept. She might be a nutter now. Francesca clicks the profile picture. The picture isn't of Jenny. Instead, there is a picture of a wood with what looks like a passageway worn through the tangle of branches. She tries to go further into her profile. Ah, it's private. You'll have to accept her friend request then if you want to see some more. Jenny's profile had no other info. No birthdays, jobs, books liked, films seen or status, except for one detail. Her school. She had filled in the details of the school she'd attended. Lol. See, it must be her. How many other Jennies do we know who went to our school at the time we were there? It's her, all right. Accept it. Francesca scrolls up and down a few times. What are you waiting for? Accept it. We can chat to her then. Francesca's thumb hovers over the blue confirm button until it involuntarily twitches its ascent, as if her thumb has decided for her. Francesca almost drops the phone in surprise. Her other hand rises to cradle it, and they both stare at the screen. Joe reaches over Francesca's shoulder and jabs at Jenny's picture. Her profile fills the screen. It's definitely Jenny, all right. There she is, exactly as they both recalled. Images from another time before smartphones and instant communication. There is Jenny in the pub, rolly in hand. Three quarters of a pint of something dark and heady before her. Her long chestnut hair swept behind her ears, a broad smile on her lips, eyes looking directly at the camera. Is that the riser? Looks like it. Francesca presses the photo until it springs into its own window. Zooming in with thumb and forefinger, she pecks at the image, enlarging it until it's a blur. Releasing the image, it snaps back to its original size. Yeah, that's the riser. I remember the day. I think I took this picture. Wow, how weird after all this time. That's the first thing you see. Joe's phone tings. He takes his phone from his pocket and unlocks it with a glance. A new notification. A friend request from Jenny. Eagerly, he clicks the confirm button. Opening her profile, he too is greeted by an image of a long time past. Only this time, there was no pub and smiling girl. It was him from another lifetime. He recognises himself almost despite the picture served up. In it, he is gaunt, his clothes no more than rags really, hanging from his emaciated frame. A cigarette no thicker than a blade of grass, gripped between his bony fingers, pressed to pursed lips. He had one eye a squint, as if the smoke from the rolly had taken an unpleasant turn and caught him square on. He was leaning on the bonnet of a powder blue Triumph Herald. Let me see, Francesca grabs his phone. God, is that you? You look awful. She hands his phone back to him and returns to her own screen. For a moment, they both silently tap and drag through the images on their phones. Do you notice anything odd about Jenny's profile? Francesca asks Joe. She hasn't posted anything, 
these are all albums of photos. They scroll back through the years. There's nothing on here that I don't remember. It looks like I was present at every one of these pictures. Either I took it or I'm in it. Where's the up-to-date stuff? Well, there's only a few pics in her profile and I'm in all of them. Are you sure we're looking at the same person? They hold their phones up side by side and something strange happens. Gone are the photos, replaced by a live stream that spans the two phones. Joe sits back and Francesca turns to face him. What the fuck was that? I don't know. I've never seen anything like it before. Joe looks at his phone. This time, Jenny's profile is blank, save for the picture of the cops. Francesca, look at your phone. What's in Jenny's profile? Fuck off, you look. Francesca fires back. Joe looks. He sees the same image of the wood. I see a wood. Now you look. What do you see? Francesca's phone has locked itself. She gingerly lifts her eyes towards the screen. The padlock swings open. Open the app. Come on, let's see it. Francesca pokes out a middle finger and slowly drags the screen up, expanding into view is Jenny's profile. In it is the picture of the same wood. Joe extends an arm towards Francesca's phone. He places it next to Francesca's and the live stream resumes. They're both breathing heavily. Their hands shake slightly. A woman in a soft, mellifluous tone is singing a song neither of them can quite recognise. It is night time and a camera light illuminates the scene. Footsteps break twigs underfoot as the transmission continues. Francesca and Joe are transfixed. Instinctively, they reach for each other's hands. The stream goes on. They catch a glimpse of a part of the person holding the camera, a wisp of chestnut hair and a brief puff of smoke partially obscure the lens as the streamer heads further into the thicket. Francesca and Joe squeeze each other's hands tighter. Suddenly the streamer stops. There is a pause. The camera slowly turns around. Hello, you two. I'm so glad you've decided to be my friends. Francesca and Joe let out an involuntary gasp. Jenny? It is Jenny. There she stands before them. The camera appears to have fixed its position in space. Jenny takes a step backwards so that they can see all of her. She walks slowly from one phone screen to another whilst looking directly into the camera. Wearing a white slip, more like a nightshirt, she holds a cigarette in the fingers of her left hand and runs the other through her hair, wrapping her long tresses behind one ear. Jenny? Francesca leans forward and squints at the image. She goes to reach out to pinch the screen, hoping to enlarge the picture, but stops short as Jenny begins to speak. Well, it's been a long time since we three met. She allows herself a half-smile at her joke. All these years I've been waiting, waiting for this moment. And now it's here, the glorious moment. I'm going to try to savour it. Such a long time I've been waiting. Francesca has too many questions and they tumble out one after another. Where are 
are you? Where have you been? Why couldn't we find you? Jenny, what's going on? Jenny casts a glance at Joe. Hello, Joe. Still smoking? No, no, Jenny, I gave up years ago. What's going on? Where are you? Can't you see? I'm in the woods, in the trees. I've been here for so long. It's so lonely here. I've been waiting for my friends to come and see me. Not just any friends, but my special chalk and cheese friends. The only friends who can help me. The only ones I need. Francesca watches as Jenny skips between the screens. Her mood has lifted and she seems positively happy now. I still don't understand. How can we help you? And why does it have to be us? You've always had lots of friends, obviously better friends, as we've not seen you for over 20 years. What can we do that they can't? Jenny throws back her head and gives an uncontrolled laugh. <laughs> Neither Francesca or Joe have ever seen her laugh like this before. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? <laughs> she laughs again. Why? You've already done it. <laughs> she laughs harder and starts dancing and twirling between the screens. Here I've been for years, trapped in this bleak wood with only the things of the night for company. They are not nice things. They come for you in the dark and finger your spine while you sleep. You can feel them licking at your ear while you wash. There's no sunlight here, just murk and darkness. Their putrid breath hangs in the air and bony fingers tear at your clothing day and night. Jenny rushes toward the camera, her face filling both screens. There is no respite. Every day the same, never seeing them. They're always there, testing, teasing, biting. Francesca and Joe recoil. Francesca turns to Joe. Is this real? Joe addresses the screen. What the fuck has this got to do with us? Jenny steps back. Very little, to be honest. And that's the best bit. You're completely blameless. The only thing you've done wrong is accept my friend request. I needed you to invite me in. And now you have. The damage is done. <laughs> she laughs again and reaches out a hand. Turn the fucking thing off, Francesca yells at Joe. Joe tries to separate the phones, but they're stuck together. He's holding both phones and is desperately searching for the off button when from the screen a hand reaches out and grabs his wrist. Joe lets out a yelp of pain as the grip tightens. Francesca starts pinching and clawing at the hand, but then another shoots through and grabs her. Jenny is so strong, she yanks and wrenches at their hands, bit by bit pulling them toward the screen, laughing and taunting them as she reels them in. Two for one, two for one. Francesca and Joe's faces are side by side on the threshold of the screen now. They're both screaming and imploring Jenny to stop, but she won't stop and redoubles her effort. She hauls and drags at them until they're both pulled through the glass onto the other side. 
added to the wood. On landing they lie in the leaf litter, trying to catch their breath. Jenny stands above them. She looks upon the pathetic figures they have become and gives Joe a kick for good measure. Well, here you are, my friends, in my place now. We shall not meet again. I suppose I should thank you. <laughs> she laughs for a final time and does a low curtsy before jumping up into the small rectangle of light from which they came. Francesca gets to her feet and runs towards the light. No, Jenny, don't leave us here. Why would you do this? Your turn, Jenny calls back. Joe feels something touch his neck and calls out, Jenny! On the other side of the screen, Jenny is in their bedroom, holding their phones, just one last thing to do. She opens her account and searches for Francesca and Joe. She unfriends them both. And block. Locking the phones, she tosses them on the bed, switches off the light and leaves the room. Friends Reunited is written by Tony Hazel. It is read by Sarah Powell and is copyright 2024, Two Kittens Publishing.